0: What is going on, my gooches? Thank you for tuning in to this podcast. We're back, baby. We're back for good. That's a promise. I got my co-host, one of my co-hosts, Chris Piedamonte, with me in this episode, and we talked about some cool stuff. You know, we dove into how I started AMP Athletics, uh, the steps I took to become a trainer and get to where I'm at today, and kind of what went on in college when I was cultivating this thing and turning it into reality for myself. Then we talked about what makes an athlete an athlete, kind of gave our definition and idea of what an athlete is. And if any, if everyone should be considered an athlete, then we dove into what exactly is athleticism? Okay, what separates superior athletes from average athletes? And then we talked about how to become more athletic, whether you are playing sports or you're just a general population and you want to improve your athletic ability. So how to become more athletic, how athletes train differently compared to general population and what that looks like. And then we ended it off with some rapid fire questions. We did have some uh, actually video and audio errors. Of course, the first podcast back couldn't go perfect in the middle of it. But you'll know when those happened because I left a uh, kind of cut in message uh, that I had to go back and put in there. It's okay, though. There's so much value in this podcast, man. And we're going to continue pumping out the value. Uh, I hope you enjoy this podcast. Please leave it five stars, whether you're on Spotify, Apple Music, whatever it is. Let me know. Share this with a friend. Hope you enjoy this episode. Comment on my Instagram, too. Let me know what's up. You are listening to Amplified Podcast, and I'm your host, Austin Pace. This is the podcast to listen to if you want to amplify your performance, build a bulletproof mindset, and learn directly from successful athletes and coaches in the industry. Let's go. Okay. We are rolling. So first episode in a while. Haven't done, a, I mean, I hate saying this, but we we were kind of going beast on the podcast for like three weeks in a row. Yeah. Like what, four months ago? Yeah. So I don't, I mean, this would be my probably fourth time saying this in my podcast career, but <laughs> we are going to be back doing podcasts consistently. Yes. And I mean that, and I do mean that this time because one, I understand the importance of vo- podcasts. I understand the value of it. And two, like I'm kind of in a podcast phase where I'm listening to podcasts right now. Yeah. And it's just it's such an easy way to just get content. Like I get, I I listen to music all day here at the gym and I get sick of listening to music in the car. I don't really like silence. So all the car, all the time I'm in the car, I just listen to podcasts and I like it. So if you are listening, welcome. Uh, My name is Austin Pace. I'm sure you know who I am. If you uh, follow me and are listening to this podcast, but uh, I got Chris Piedemonte who did an intro last time. And you've been in like two podcasts, but he's really going to be the co-host and with uh, for Amplified Podcast. And how, how about you just go ahead and introduce yourself, our, our relationship, and what you do?
1: Okay, very good. Uh, first thing I would like everyone to know is I will definitely be a polarizing co-host. That's, uh, that's going to kind of be my job here. Uh, but yeah, Chris Piedamonte, uh, I am a PGA golf professional and trainer. Not many of those around. Uh, certified through National Academy of Sports Medicine. Uh, I've got three certifications there. Tyler's Performance Institute, Functional Movement Screen, some different stuff there. Stuff that you probably don't care about. But enough that I probably know a little bit about what I'm talking about when it comes to fitness and golf. Uh, Two-sport college athlete played basketball and golf in college. Um, you are in the UCM Hall of Fame of sports. Athletics, right? yes. Athletics, yes. Yep. Um, probably more for what I did in golf. Not really so much about basketball. Uh, I'm a five eleven white guy, so uh, that was going to be tough to be in the <laughs> in the Hall of Fame because of that. So it's it's more for more for what I did on the on the golf course. But uh, yeah, so. Um, I uh, I can't tell you how excited I've been um, to have Austin here with us here at Active Strengths Company where we've been um, the last year now. Uh, and Austin came in and it's been he a year holy shit it's been I think it's been over a year. Yeah, it actually, has it's yeah. been like
0: thirteen months. Yeah,
1: Austin came in and I didn't really know him that much. I had just heard about him through a friend, and then I checked out his Instagram account and I was like, oh boy. <laughs> Here we go. We got it. we got another meathead wanting to come in here and, and and do his thing. And then I met him and I was like, "Whoa, wait a minute. There's actually a lot more to him than this." And uh yeah, man, he's uh he's got amp athletics rolling and I honestly like he's taught me so much. I'm 40 years old and I've been in the fitness industry now for over a decade and I've been in the sports industry really f- my whole life. So, uh he's taught me a ton. Um, uh, and not just about, um, fitness, um, but about life too. Like I've actually learned a lot of uh, stuff about life from Austin. So it's actually been, uh, it's been really cool. And he, for somebody that's only 23 is actually wise, be, uh, beyond his years. So, um, but yeah, enough, enough pumping you up, Austin. There's still some, you know, that's all I need. That's exactly Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. I mean, you know, we're going to, we're going to uncover some of these <laughs> layers, uh, here in the future episodes of, uh. Where it kind of gets ugly sometimes too, right? It's never always pretty. No, it never is. It never is. Undulating. It's an undulating process. Always undulating. Always undulating. Good point. All right, so Austin, one thing I want to know is how did you start AMP Athletics?
0: Good question. Well, I could tell you an hour-long story, but I just want to tell you what I think is really going to help the listeners because uh, it's... It's amazed me really ever since I blew up on TikTok and I had this before, but tons of people want me to post content about how to grow a business and how to become a trainer. And like, that's not really what my content is about, but it is something I'm passionate because at the end of the day, I'm a businessman almost before I am a trainer. And with nowadays with social media and everything, that was really the only way I could grow a business when I was in college. And I'll tell you this, I think anyone who wants to be a trainer is passionate about fitness, like that's kind of a given. Right. That's that's the part you're going to. It's not hard for you to go learn information and apply it because that's what you enjoy. Right. For me, though, and that was me. I was passionate about fitness. I had no problem doing research on my own, learning, educating myself, and no problem because that's what I love to do. But I understood that in today's age, to separate yourself and start building a brand, building an audience, building a business, you have to grow a social media. So what was more of the discipline part for me was going out of my way to learn how to use social media, right? It's not just, okay, well, I know all this fitness content, you know, I know people who know a lot more than me, but they don't understand how to take advantage of social media, how to create content, the strategy behind it, how to, uh, build an audience and like, At the end of the day, that's almost more important because look at all these famous people who are influencers who actually give shit-ass fitness content. But at the end of the day, they're fucking making bank right. and they have a business going. Right. Now, I have integrity and I, and I want to give good information and good value So yeah. because I am passionate about fitness. But the only way – what I understood is I have to – all the stuff I was Googling and YouTubing about fitness and training, I have to do the same of how to grow on Instagram how to grow on TikTok. And I've spent just as many hours learning about that through college. And even nowadays, I still learn new stuff about how to use social media as I did learning about fitness. So I was always doing that in college. And basically, to summarize how this all went about for me, I lost about 50 pounds, made an ultimate transformation. Uh, I had about a group of three or four friends that I'd lift with every weekend, uh, every every almost every day too. Uh, but a lot of them, we'd come home on the weekends cause I was in college and, uh, they wanted me to train them and make a transformation for them. So I made three really good transformations with my friends for free, for free. I taught them how to t- track macros. They worked out with me. Uh, one of them lost like 45 pounds, just as much as me. And, uh, I started just sharing that and marketing it. And then I had people, my small audience on, on Instagram, uh, start asking me if I did online coaching uh-huh. and, uh. You know, I'm very blessed that my dad helped me with a lot of the decisions that I made and he goes, Yeah, you can start I would start charging and I charge very cheap, right. which I should have at the start. Right. Um, I was doing everything through Google Docs. I didn't have any training software, I didn't have any spreadsheets. Um, and really, I just kind of started chipping away, and making money here and there. I knew that if I gave them results, that's all I needed to make them happy, right. and that's what I was doing. So, did that all the way through college up until my junior year. I had probably two thousand dollars in my PayPal account; hadn't touched it. Mm-hmm. That was all what I made through training over a year and a half, which isn't that much money. Right. Um, and I was working at GNC too, part time. But I decided to uh, do an apparel launch, get apparel manufactured overseas. Um, profit margins were great on the apparel. I had to learn all that too. How to do that? Profit margins were great, but I made so many mistakes with ordering way too many samples. Right, and uh, it really cut down the profit margins a lot. So, really, what I got out of that was learn how to make apparel and get my brand out there for people to wear. Didn't didn't really do it for the money, which is good too. I never did any of this for the money. I enjoyed what I was doing. And then basically, like nothing has really changed except that I've. Each year, I was doing what I was doing, I was doing it better. I was more organized. I actually had a training software, I had a system, I right. was growing my following, and I just kept getting better. Graduated college. I got my certification through EXOS, which is Sports Performance Specialist, because I wanted to wing into training athletes and sports performance. Yes. And everything, I remember my senior year, I had one last semester left. I was like, I'm going to go all in with my online business to see if this is sustainable and if I can make enough money to not have to go in the corporate world. Right. Because I didn't have any options. Like, I literally was like, okay, it's either that or, you know, go train at Genesis, which I didn't want to do. Right. The stars just aligned the last semester. That's when I met, became good friends with James who yeah. is a family friend of yours yeah. and I connected with you and found out my cousin was business partners with you right. and that's how I came here and you know yes. now, now now, we're here a year spent here I've done this full time I, I don't have school and if you just keep being consistent you just get better you stay consistent you give yourself a chance Right, and good things happen
1: yeah one of the thing, one of the words you used earlier is uh, you used the word integrity and that's one thing that I'm big with and that, I'm, um, you know, I've learned, uh, after being uh, obviously a little bit more experienced than you with me being 40 is, uh, you know, if you do always act with integrity, uh, in the, you know, it may not seem like you're going to win right then, but you'll always win in the end. That and and of,
0: some of these people are young. Explain what integrity means. It yeah. took me a long time to understand what it meant.
1: Yeah. And that's, and that's, I was, yeah. And I'm going to kind of explain that too. in in kind of what you do. And that is, uh, well, first I'll start off by what I've seen with you and how it really has inspired me. Is you, earlier you said, um, you know, g- give people a lot of good content. And for the longest time, I was always thinking. And I'm just recently started on my social media journey, and I'm still not anywhere near where I need to be. I'm still under your coaching, and it's all been under your guidance that I even really got this thing going. But I was always thinking, well, don't give anybody. Uh, anything, you know, anything really, uh, really worthwhile, make them pay you to get that, right? Give them little things that draw them into you, but that, you know, don't give them all this good information that you've got that you've learned over all these years. They should have to pay you for that. And what you've really made me understand is that, you know, you can't make it about the money. The money will always be there. Um but show them who you are, show them who you truly are, show them that you are knowledgeable and show them that you really do care about seeing them transform in whatever it is they're trying to do um, which I really picked up on with you really quick and, I, and to me that's that's really that's really uh, especially in this business having integrity is like hey' I'm, I'm a trainer right? I'm a life coach I'm all these different things, but I really am here to really see you. Change and transform yourself and be the best version of yourself. That's an Elliot Holtz, who's one of my mentors. Uh, That's one of his lines: "Be the best version of yourself." And I love that. That's the first place I ever heard that. Um, Anyway, so Austin has really the integrity piece of it is what's really drawn me into him, uh, and that he's you know he's he's I mean like I see what he's going through uh, with all these different clients, and he's putting a lot of thought into everything. He's not just throwing together just some workout that, you know, that he, yeah, cookie cutter workout, exactly, that he's, that he got out of his Exos book. I mean, he's actually thinking about each client. He's thinking about their strengths and weaknesses, you know, and, and, and their imbalances. And he's going through all that. And then he's, you know, the macro part of it, he's tailoring that to each and every person. And I think in this business, that's what integrity is. I think integrity is truly giving all of your resources to each and every person. And, um, That's that's what really was really interesting to me about the social media aspect is is if you guys don't follow him, you're nuts because I mean he gives information out there. Like when when I first started seeing all the stuff he was giving out, I was like, man, I started thinking, well, man, if if I give it all away, then when they come to me, uh, I'm not going to have anything that's going to be, you know super interesting for them because they've already heard it all but you know what that's what draws them in and then at that point once you draw them in it's just you're there to you're there to show them hey this is the system that I've bought and that's a and great point that I've made that. Like, yeah and if I take you through it you're going to succeed every time
0: yeah it's you, you can't create content that is going to give everyone the system Right. You give them all the tools, right. but it's too complex. We understand how complex right. it is. And that's, yeah, that's a good point. You, they yeah. pay you. Now you get your system. Right. You take all the tools they may know that you use right. into a system that fits them and their goals.
1: Yep, yep. So uh, then you decided to go ahead and get your EXO certification. Um, and then as far as, uh, as far as being a trainer, so... You're an in-person trainer. You also do online. Um, tell tell me kind of what that looks like on a day-to-day basis for you. What's you know what what's a day in the life of Austin look like when it comes to training?
0: Yeah, uh, my schedule is very random. Um, I mean, I'd say random. It, it's it's consistent, but maybe the times that I'm doing in-person is different day to day. I would say I'm spending five to nine hours a day in-person sessions. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I'm pretty, I'm pretty much working, doing something for 10 to 12 hours a day, um, through Monday through Friday. And then I'll do, I have an hour and a half session on Saturday and then I'll spend Sunday, maybe two to three hours doing online and just kind of setting up my week. But in between my in-person sessions, I'm filming content. Um, I'm doing stuff for my clients. I mean, it's really as simple as that. I mean, there's a lot of strategy to it. Sure. Um, there is, but, uh, my mom does my accounting Huge. Blessed for that. So, you know, I meet Huge. with her once a week. Um, that, that's been big for me, too, because yeah. from a business standpoint, looking at what's making me the most money, it's helped me learn. Because, like, when I first came in here last summer and I didn't have that many clients, the biggest, like, anxiety attack for me was, I don't know what the fuck to work on right, right. now. Right. I don't know what to do. Yeah. And uh, seeing where your money's coming from um, yeah. helps a lot. So Yeah, that's
1: what's funny. I remember when you very first came in here, you were kind of like, oh, man, what do I what do I do? Like when I don't have a session, what should I be doing? And now you've really f- kind of started to figure that out. You've really yeah. started filling in those gaps.
0: Well, that was the best thing for me too. In college, I didn't feel much pressure because right. you know I'm still having fun in college, and I didn't have like I, I went out, I partied, I did everything everyone else did. Sure, you did. Um, and my goal was just I was just doing you it. Still for do a fun, little, bit. man. And yeah, and I still do party <laughs> a little bit. But uh, we all do. Yeah, we all do. And. Most of us. And, right. yeah, when I got thrown into the fire, it was like, you either make this work or you don't. And to right. some people, that makes them cradle up, ball up, and get scared and not perform. But right. that's exactly what I needed. And that's I, you yeah. know, that's what helped me succeed, man.
1: Yeah, you know, and, and he, he is very driven for somebody his age. But I can
0: assure you, he's not all work and no play. He does spend some time on the golf course. Oh, I've... Yeah, this guy has got me. I mean, I would say, you know, you've probably and it's hard because we take mulligans and shit. Yes. I'm still working on that without ever doing a true lesson with you, except what helps me the most is when we play together. I think that's or the range when we go. Right. Right. But, you know, I haven't like we haven't done like a true one hour lesson where I'm doing drills. You want me to do just based off just hearing you and playing with you. Yeah, I probably knocked 10 strokes off my game yeah and it's hard to measure that because like i said we don't i play real it's golf probably football.
1: more than that really it could, it could because be you do play by the rules now <laughs> yeah. except for the, your you know mulligans which we still talk about
0: but the biggest difference is like the, the my understanding of the golf swing is just different yeah it's it's actually more simple now even though i'm doing things that seem more complex when i first started golfing
1: yeah you know that's interesting too because we think about and it's going to bring me into my next question about being an athlete but There is always a point, I believe, in all athletic movements uh, where there is going to be a little bit of paralysis by analysis. Like, you know, Austin does a lot of stuff on sprinting and we're talking about the golf swing. You know, there's going to be a period, uh, in my my opinion, where there's going to be a lot of thought and you're going to you're almost going to.
0: Real quick, everyone, I want to let you know that our mic stopped working at this point. So we're going to take the next 12, 13 minutes is going to be the audio from the video. It's not as clear, but it's still it's still good enough. And then, sure enough, our camera shut off uh, in about 12 to 13 minutes after that. So then it'll go back to the normal audio. And yeah, sorry about that. Continue listening. I love you all. Enjoy
1: of take a step back because you're really focusing on the mechanics of it but then it all just eventually starts coming together uh tell me kind of about that like when it comes to like sprinting you know like you're doing a lot of, you do a lot of videos on sprints which i love right but then like i'll sit there and i'll start thinking about your techniques and i always get slower you know what i mean yeah
0: good point so when i work with my athletes it, it depends where we're at in the phases in the season and uh basically if we're working on a drill that is Focusing on our technique, I want them thinking. Right. I want them to make these shin angles and these feelings. Yeah. To I want them to get used to these postures and these things that we're working on. Right. And then uh when we're doing drills like get ups and we're competent and we're competing against other athletes. Exactly. I, I tell them, I want you to be an athlete, right? Nothing more than that. You right. get from point A to point B as fast as you can. Yep. And uh, that's important because when I first started training, I would still try to carry over all the the coaching and make them think about everything they're doing when we exactly. would go out and do sprints. Right. Now I don't do that. Right. I make them just be an athlete. And yep. the goal is to carry over these exercises to create muscle memory and yep. Uh, yep. make that a habit. That's exactly right. And then,
1: so, you know, really to you uh,
0: in your opinion, what makes an athlete? What makes an athlete? I think Oh, I even have a note here. Di- here's what the dictionary says. Oh yeah, I'd like to hear that. The dictionary says an athlete is a person who is trained or skilled in exercise, sports, or games requiring physical strength, agility, or stamina. And I also oh. was doing some more reading. And Christian, uh, sorry, Kristen uh, Dyfenbach who is an associate professor of athletic coaching education at West Virginia University, and she's also a sports uh, psychology consultant. Here's a quote from her, and I don't know if I, how I feel about this. You tell me. Yeah. She says, everyone should—actually, you know what? I take that back. Maybe I do agree with it. Let's see. Yeah. Everyone should take themselves as athletes. It's not reserved for people who get a paycheck from it. Uh, she says that she's surprised how many clients are reluctant to embrace the identity It's like they're devaluing what they're doing even if they love physical activity. So I Agree and disagree. I think everyone does need to treat themselves as an athlete even if you're not Necessarily the most athletic right movements that at least we teach in the gym, right? And just movement in general your body You are meant to move like an athlete right and everyone has it in them yeah. everyone's ceilings gonna be different Yep. But if you look at yourself and truly embrace yourself as an athlete, who knows it might give you some type of thought that you should be doing things as you see on TV with professional athletes. Yeah. But what I mean, do you think about that?
1: Well, I couldn't agree with Miss Diefenbach anymore. Okay. Uh, here's why: because I think when people, yeah, when people, I mean, you have to obviously make them understand you're not gonna you're not gonna move like. LeBron James moves when you get on the basketball court. At least most of us aren't going to. Or, you know, you're not going to move like Michael Phelps does when he gets in the swimming pool. But uh, if you understand the process of becoming a better athlete, becoming more athletic, and all the things that are involved in that, it can only help you in your life. And, you know, for like, for instance, somebody like me who's 40, right? One of the best things, and this is this is backed by... I don't think I've ever seen research against it. One of the best things you can do to slow down, you're never going to reverse the aging process, but to slow, drastically slow down the aging process is to do athletic movements. And what I'm, I'm talking about, high intensity, you, sh- you need to be doing explosive movements, you know? And that's the thing. What happens to us is as we get older, and even, you know, you get right out of college, right? You get out of college, you, you maybe you're not playing sports anymore. Now you got the desk job and you're not doing things explosive and athletic anymore. Maybe you're even going to the gym. Maybe you're going to Planet Fitness and you're getting on some machines and you're going, okay, well, I'm maintaining muscle mass and stuff like that, which is very important. Muscle mass, we'll get into that probably in another podcast, how important that is to maintain. But just simply being an athlete, okay, and being the best athlete you can be will help you in your life. Not just not just because you're going to look better, because you're going to feel better, and because you're going to move better, right? Uh Poor movement happens over time, especially the more, the more we quit doing things, right? We're just always at the desk. We're always sitting in bad posture in front of the TV and all that kind of stuff. So the process of being a better athlete is going to help literally everyone. Here's
0: what I always say too. like These, these professional athletes, mm-hmm. if you took the way that they train, which isn't that stressful on your ligaments and joints, because that's not the no. goal when no. you're training as an athlete where all the stress comes from is the the competition that's where that they understand it's high risk right but all the jumps all the cuts all the just unpredicted encounters and that's what causes them injury so imagine if you took a professional athlete's training regimen use that but you're not competing right you're going to feel amazing 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 and and then on top of that let's actually clarify okay everyone is an athlete yeah, everyone's an athlete, but what is a superior athlete? And yeah, here's sure. what I think. Yeah. I think this is an individual with like excellent skill, excellent yeah. skill. We're talking strength and uh, Agility and endurance and this this is created and honed in over a lifetime and it's presented and Basically I, what to me a superior athlete is is someone who understands how to use their body in space and time yep. they know where it is and, and a simple thought is you look you know that there's been a kid in your grade who all the parents and even you uh, always said this kid just makes it look easy it doesn't look like he's trying right but when you look at his numbers and his performance and his statistics he's putting up numbers that are far more than everyone else but he's making it look easy and uh you know, by definition, too, superior athlete means this individual who has risen to the top of their respective field in strength, agility, speed, sport, and uh, they've just cultivated what is needed and has just risen above everyone else.
1: You know what I think is interesting is the word skill in there. Yeah. Because in my time, I've known a ton of people who have a
0: lot of athleticism, have a lot of natural athleticism, but don't have a lot of skill. Oh, yeah. That could, honestly, here's a humble comment. I think that was me. I think that was me for a lot of my sports. Yeah. Um, and if I could go back, I would, I was obviously had, I didn't have autonomy over the way that we trained right. or, or the coaching. Right. But uh, I do think that I was so focused on the weight room mm-hmm. that I lacked and I did not put my effort or saw the value in skills training. Right. Although I do think the majority of people w- are the opposite of me. I think there's, and you always see it, the people who yeah. are really into oh, the yeah. gym yeah. Will, will always end up going that route. It's probably why right. I'm a trainer and I did right. what I did. Right. But I think most people need the weight room more yeah. um, and, and need to build these qualities that are going to make them a more robust athlete. But for me, yeah, I was complete opposite. I didn't value the skill. I spent yeah. way more time in the weight room probably overtraining and right. undertraining my skill for the yeah. sport
1: position. Yeah, and I think it really kind of comes out uh, in people, when they when they a either get away from their sport or when they b transition from, you know their, their athletics in high school and in college, and then they become they start getting into the more skilled activities: golf, tennis. Uh pickleball now is becoming big even for young people. Spikeball, have you seen that? Yes, yeah, that, sp- that is a crazy ball. <laughs> that takes a lot of
0: athleticism.
1: It does, but skill too. Skill too, yes, yeah, skill too. And then it's funny how like you you're like like I played uh, my brother-in-law in pickleball the other day and I'm like such a better athlete than he is, right? I can move better, jump higher, run faster, all this stuff. He killed me in pickleball because he's super skilled and he always was. He was never the best athlete. He played he played college athletics. He played college soccer, but He's just always skilled. Like, everything you watch him do, he, he, he does it really fluid. Now, he's never going to run as fast as another guy. He's never going to jump as high. Uh, he was never going to be able to do speed and agility near as quick as other people. But he's just super skilled. His body control, his neuromuscular control is just out of this world. Um, and that's what's interesting is I think the best athletes ever were a blend of both. Yeah, Michael absolutely. Jordan, Tiger Woods. Uh, who else? Um,
0: Bo Jackson. Bo Jackson. I mean, free. Bo Jackson, I mean, Bo
1: Jackson I mean, and Deion Sanders. You look at those guys, for them to be able to be the top of their game and then also be able to go play baseball, hit a 95-mile-an-hour pitch, coming at them, moving, uh, and then be able to play in the field the way they did, I mean, that is like... People don't, can't
0: wrap your mind around you
1: it. Can't, you just can't. You just can't. Because there's so many guys... I mean, I know, I know personally, I've given... I've trained a lot of NFL athletes that are amazing athletes, right? And on the football field, they look phenomenal. And then you put a tennis racket or a golf club in their hand, and it's like, oh my gosh, who are you? You know what I mean? It's like the skill aspect aspect of it isn't there. So, the ones that really fascinate me, like like we just said, are the ones that are the are the blend of both. And with you, you know, I've, it's interesting. I'll think about it, and I'll be like, you know, and, and I'm not I'm not really trying to make your head big here. You already know a lot of this stuff. I'm like, sometimes I might sit there going, you know what? He's one of the best athletes I've ever seen because I'm sitting there thinking about this. I'm like, I'll watch you, and you got, and we we measured your vert that one day. What was it? Thirty. Thirty-seven. 37. Thirty. He's got a thirty-seven inch. Got to get up
0: though. Got to get to four. Got to get
1: up. Um, but you know he's strong. Uh, you know for his, especially for his size. What do you weigh? One. Uh, about 190, one 190, ninety-five. One ninety-five. Okay, so then he, you know he's he's real strong for his for his size. Uh, and then, you know, I'm watching him do backflips. I'm watching him do uh single leg pistol squats with 125 pounds. I can't even begin to think about doing that. And then, But then I started thinking about it. I was like, okay. You know, because I was thinking about your golf game. And I'm like, okay. Obviously, the athletic part's there. But I think really what lacks in your golf game is the skill aspect. Yep. But at the same time, I think skill can
0: also be developed. Yeah, absolutely. Like yeah. Hand-eye coordination is a quality that can be built. Right. Your proprioceptors, you know, your yeah. balance, your it can all be built. These are all qualities that can be trained. Right. And you just have to be self-aware enough to know exactly. where you're lacking. And that's what I did yeah. not have. I was not self-aware. But I also didn't have coaches that were just brutally honest with me. Because a lot of times... Or could even see it. Or could see it, yeah. Because, right. like... A lot of times you overlook skill as a coach you're thinking dude this kid's a crazy athlete and he's gonna be amazing he's gonna be amazing but yeah i completely agree with that well let's talk about this i want to talk about for those who are wondering how do you become more athletic like let's say that even if you're not an athlete you just want to be more athletic this could apply to people who are athletes and playing sports Um, and then how athletes should train differently compared to general population Mm -hmm. now i think that to be more athletic you have to learn you have to understand movement yep. you have to understand leverages why some leverages are better than others with whether you're trying to run faster jump higher be yeah. more mobile right. uh you got to understand posture basic biomechanics or be taught that yep. um so and here's the crazy part freak athletes to talk about drew lock right you know someone i went to high school with obviously broncos quarterback i played sports with him right. since he we were little he Really didn't have to figure all this stuff out because he just did it naturally Yeah, and that those are just the elite the superior athletes. Yeah, but majority of us are not Naturally athletic gifted like that and we must practice Movement leverage biomechanics posture all these things religiously to yep. make it a habit. Yep. Um, but overall though Let's let's take an athlete's training compared to general populations training to me I think less hypertrophy I think hypertrophy is the first thing you need to do. You need to build that foundation of muscle mass, but it should like not what be- what hypertrophy
1: in, is to these guys, Austin.
0: Yeah, well, hypertrophy, muscle growth, bodybuilding. Okay, there is a time and a place for it for athletes, but you don't need that much muscle to improve your athletic ability. But before you can get stronger, you have to have muscle mass, more muscle mass. Before you can become more explosive and, put, uh, uh, and have more power, you need to be stronger. Yeah. And it all, it happens in sequences, but number one first is that hypertrophy. So yep. there is a time and a place for it. That's what builds your foundation. Yep. It shouldn't be an all year round focus of training though. Right. Um. So more, more less hypertrophy, more functional training. And And I think to me what functional means is training in all planes, right. frontal, sagittal, transverse plane. Look at bodybuilders, look at CrossFit, even Olympic weightlifters who are very athletic, but they only work Hey everyone, sorry about that, but our mic stopped working. I knew there was probably going to be an issue with this first podcast back, but I just wanted to kind of summarize for the gap that was not in there. Is a good fifteen minutes of conversation talking about how general population should train if they want to become more athletic, and I left off saying that you know although Olympic lifters are uh, very athletic and they are athletes, they all, the Olympic lifts are trained in the sagittal plane, up and down, right and Uh, To understand the different planes, they're sagittal. It's uh, horizontal, right? Or sorry, vertical, vertical. Uh, The frontal plane is side-to-side movement, horizontal. So an example of that would be like uh, lateral lunges. And where I think most of life is played is in the transverse plane, rotation. A lot of these injuries that happen when people pick up heavy shit or they're reaching for something and they injure their backs or whatnot is, uh, is movement in the transverse plane. And where I was going with my point is, If you are general pop, you want to be more athletic, you want to just feel better, reduce injury, and just be more functional, you got to train your core for stability. Look at how most of the people train their cords, crunches, leg raises, these traditional ab exercises. Your abdominis rectus, your six pack does not connect to your spine, so you're actually not building stability that's going to protect your spine and translate into just a more functional, stable body. So that's why I really recommend heavy carries. I recommend stability exercises, anti-rotation exercises, a core stability exercise is something that a movement that you are moving something around your body, or you are walking with the heavy loads. and this This load is wanting to pull you certain directions, but you are staying stable and fighting the rotation, fighting the movement. That is what builds core stability. That's working the core muscles that actually connect to the spine and stabilize the spine. And on top of that, to kind of summarize everything that uh, was cut off in the podcast, we believe that. Really, the difference between athletes' training and general population training, like mentioned, less less hypertrophy. There's a time and a place for it. You got to build that foundation, but more functional strength training in all three planes, building unilateral strength, building balance, core stability, hip mobility, shoulder stability. Uh, all athletes definitely do more volume and focus on their posterior chain and posterior muscles rather than the the front side. You know, less chest, less shoulders. Uh, less quads, more hamstrings, more glutes, more back—things that are going to reduce injury, make you more uh, have potential to be more powerful, more explosive. Um, and you know, I definitely recommend doing hand eye coordination drills as simple as a simple drill of just taking a tennis ball, throwing it against the wall, <coughs> wall overhand and underhand with your dominant and non-dominant hand. You'd be surprised even if you, regardless if you're 50 years old or if you just graduated college, you haven't played sports in four years, how easy it is to lose these, uh, qualities in hand eye coordination. So just building your coordination, Okay, doing reactive drills. Isometrics are great for tendon strength. If you want to improve your vertical, I definitely recommend getting strong at isometric holds first to build the strength and uh, build the durability of these tendons. So when you go into doing more uh, high intensity plyometrics and you're training the short stretching cycle, uh, it can handle more intensity, more damage without uh, being injured. And I think doing these things that maybe aren't as sexy to train, uh, it will make you more of a well-rounded, functional human being. So the general pop, most of them do one or the other. Tons of cardio, no weightlifting, or they really only do hypertrophy training. Um, But I think you need to work on those other areas that I just talked about. That is going to be the difference maker and We'll do a podcast having more in depth of how to lay that out and what a training, what just a workout is going to look like, and how to fit in these little things into your training regimen. All right. So back to the podcast. I think that we pick up talking about. uh, Honestly, I can't remember. We'll see. Thank you.
1: Definitely heard of both of them if you watch sports at all. Uh, Probably both, arguably the best at their position, and then this uh, this third team, um, the one that I wanted to go look for, he was a safety on this particular team. And you'd think that, okay, oh, well, this guy, he's the best player on the field. I mean, it's, it's, it's never arguably that any of these three guys, when they're in the game, are the best player on the field. And what I thought was so funny was, is all three of those guys in, you know, the, the main lifts that you track in football is your bench, your deadlift, and your and your squat, right? Yeah. That's, that's that's the main three they tra- they're still tracking, right, even in the NFL programs? Mm-hmm. Well, no, the deadlift wasn't well, really on there. It was mainly yeah. just squat and bench were the ones that they were really doing the percentages off of. Yeah. And these three guys were and I just I don't I, for some reason I don't think it's a coincidence they were all at the very bottom they were literally the weakest guy on the team at their position now but I here's why I don't think it's coincidence because those guys also from what I know and what' I've, one of them I've seen in person uh, they do other things you watch them do other things and they're really good at them they're really good at them right? Uh, the, their skill is there and, and and they can move in all three planes of motion amazingly. So, you know, I, and that, that just kind of goes back to what we were talking about. Being a better athlete, you have to be strong. You have to be strong. You have to always be trying to get stronger, but there is so much more to it than that. And I think what we should do really in next, one of the podcasts coming up, is you know because we get we're giving them a lot of information all this stuff that they should be doing. Let's lay it out for them a yeah. little bit and say, okay, here's how much time you should be spending here. Here's how much time you should be spending here. Here's how much time you should be spending here. Don't you think that would be Absolutely. pretty helpful? Yeah, yeah,
0: we need to do that and maybe put some video outlay on that so they can visually see Ooh, too. Video outlay. Summarize that though. You know, if you want to be a better athlete, train hand-eye coordination. Yes. Train. Uh, do some more isometrics. Uh, do uh, core stability hip mobility shoulder stability and outwork your posterior chain over your anterior muscles i think that that kind yeah. of summarizes that and I, I know that time's wrapping up for you um okay we'll, buddy. we'll talk we'll, we'll talk way more in depth in future podcasts but let's go ahead and do a rapid fire okay oh yeah rapid fire rapid yes fire. let's do this let's go let's okay. Okay. track of this um I will ask you 10 random questions in a row. You just got to answer as fast as you can.
1: Okay. I don't know if I'm going to be able to think of 10, but we'll, maybe, can I use some of the same ones you
0: use? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I'm going to come up with 10 off the top of my head. I don't have them ready We didn't now. plan for this, by the way. We did not plan for this. Okay. But okay. well, you got to answer them fast. Okay. Okay. Ready? Yes. Favorite food. Favorite food, pizza. Movie. Uh,
1: uh, what is that movie with, um, uh, Wedding Crashers? Exercise. My favorite, like my favorite movement? Ev- movement of
0: all time. Deadlift. What's your weakest movement? Squat. Uh, What is your least favorite commercial gym? Least favorite? Planet Fitness. (laughs) Uh, Let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see. Uh, Oh, shit, this is kind of hard. Favorite song? Favorite song. Currently, currently my
1: favorite song is uh, Rockstar by DaBaby.
0: Who's the best, best, greatest basketball player of all time?
1: Oh, without a question, MJ. Uh,
0: Who's the greatest athlete of all time? Tiger Woods. Uh, who is the next up-and-coming athlete that's going to dominate their sport? Drew Locke. Fucking um, love it. Okay, two more. Let's go. Uh, what is one condiment that you fucking hate?
1: <laughs> mustard. I fucking
0: hate mustard. Zero <laughs> your calories. And thing. I'm trying not to cuss on this thing, but that yeah. I just had okay. to cuss on that. Yeah, we need, we need to tone down the cuss. I understand. Uh, what, is, uh, what is your favorite platform to post content on?
1: <laughs> uh, Instagram currently, but that, hope oh, yeah, yeah Instagram, yes. Instagram. Okay, and then where can they follow you? Uh, they can follow me on Instagram, Chris Piedamonte PGA, and then TikTok CP.PGA. Perfect. All right, so, Austin, what is your current go to meal? Current go
0: to meal? Hawaiian Bros.
1: I knew he was going to say that. <laughs> and what is your favorite dish at Hawaiian Bros?
0: I get the uh, Kalea. Half Kalea, half Honolulu, which is garlic, sesame chicken, and spicy.
1: Okay. Austin, favorite golf course you've ever played?
0: Mm, Fred Orbanis or feels, Meals National.
1: Okay. I was hoping he'd say one of those two, at least. Uh, Austin, your favorite sports team? Favorite sports team, Chiefs. Okay. That's good. Broncos good, good call. Is a close, close second, though. And I know I'm going yeah, to get it. I know. That. I know. And, uh, he understands that. Yeah. Uh, fa- your favorite movement? Your favorite exercise?
0: My favorite exercise. Oh shit, that's tough. Uh, let's go cane chops. Stability, half kneeling cane, stability chops.
1: Okay, okay, all right. Uh, what is your favorite non-pornographic uh, oh, magazine to uh, jack off to?
0: Non-pornographic <laughs> magazine to jack off to. Probably good housekeeping. Uh, oh, probably Sports Illustrated.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, you guys get that Step Brothers <laughs> reference. Uh, what is your favorite dinosaur? <laughs> Uh, T Rex, T Rex, not the Velociraptor.
0: Nah. Well, it used to be Raptor, but it's it's migrated to the T Rex because like you want to be that if you're in the dinosaur row, like, you want to be the T Rex. Yeah,
1: that's a good point. All right, and who do you believe is the best athlete of all time? Bo Jackson. Yeah, and who do you believe is the mo- is the best? Who is, the, who is the up-and-coming star that people don't know about that's going to dominate their sport, just like what you asked me?
0: Well, you know, obviously, Drew Locke is my number one answer. But well, that's just, either the, that's just your answer. That is my either answer. Either it is or it isn't. That is my answer. Okay. Okay, good.
1: And you know what? He's going to be the one that uh, has a lot to do with that. Yeah. Along with maybe a little bit of my input. Yeah. Uh, I got two more for you. Uh, what is your favorite clothing brand?
0: Amp Athletics, obviously, but if I had it Yeah, okay, like, other than
1: other than your uh, own.
0: Unbiased. Uh, it used to be Gymshark. It really did, but like yeah. a lot of their stuff hasn't been fit me well. It's hard for me not to say Nike.
1: Okay, that's cool. All right, this is the one that I'm really interested to hear the answer to this. And you know what? You can actually take 10 seconds to think about this. If you could meet any one single person, and I, I would get up from this chair right now, and I would leave this room and then in walks this person and you had, let's say, ten minutes with him. Who would that one person be?
0: Okay, so You get so one person. It's Gary V. It is Gary, Gary v. v, but for the longest time it was Dwayne Johnson. But I think oh, I, really? I, I think I just get more I think I'd be more starstruck with Dwayne Johnson that I would just like, you know, almost freak out and just like ask him stupid questions. And yeah. Gary Vee, I see him so much on social media, I feel like I know him. I yeah. think I'd get so much value from that sit down. Fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. I respect enough. the hell of that dude.
1: Yeah, he. I, I like his stuff too. And you know what was really interesting about that? I had a 15 year old son and my 15 year old son told me about how much he's listening to him. That which I just thought that's was really his, interesting. Dude, that's his
0: demographics. like yeah. millennials and you know Jim whatever he is. What's he at? Well, gen I y? I don't know. Wait, whatever. Yeah. Well, guys, I hope you I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Um, we're gonna upload this. Hopefully the audio's good. Uh, and for what was recorded, we'll go on YouTube. And we're just gonna keep getting better at these. We got good guests coming up. Uh, can we tell them or should we keep it a secret?
1: Um, let's, you know what, let's keep it a secret just for now, just to, well, because I don't know, because I just want to make sure that he's, but we are going to have someone who has won the United States open on this podcast. So I'm you hoping golf junkies, this you a- golf junkies. Yeah. But you know what? This guy is also stupid into fitness all the time. This guy has recently lost 25 pounds. Okay. I'm not going to mention his name yet. He is going to be on here. And I'm hoping it's going to be within the next couple weeks. But uh, as you know, with the way the PGA Tour is right now, it's kind of weird. They're adding events, subtracting events uh, because of coronavirus. So his schedule is a little bit up in the air, but if the schedule stays true... This person will be on
0: here. I can't wait. I know. I already got questions flowing for him. I know. Uh, Subscribe to this podcast. Leave it five stars. Please amplify podcast, or you can type in Austin Pace on Google Play, Spotify, whatever you're listening to. Please share it with your friends. Hope you got some value today, and we will see you in the next one. Peace.